The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. We are joined by Griff, BuffaloRumblings.com site writer uh, for free agency and the draft. And uh, Griff, before I get into, I want to do a mock draft with you um, on the mock draft machine at the Draft Network. But uh, before I do that, I'm going to share my screen right there. I want to ask you a question. Um, I don't think I've ever gotten a chance to ask you in our conversations before, which is uh, how did you get into becoming a writer for BuffaloRumblings.com? How did that, how did that, uh, how did that come to pass? And, and uh, I mean, I've talked to Jeff Kontrowski about it. I've talked to Sean Murphy. Um, I don't think I've asked, ever asked you the question. How did you get into becoming a writer for Buffalo Rumblings? Uh, so I think like a lot of a lot of our contributors, um, I started as just a regular reader and then a regular commentator um, on the site uh, or commenter, I should say, um, on the site. And mm-hmm. I would always fo- I always enjoyed Dan Lavoy's draft writing. You know, one of our one of our colleagues, Dan, who actually can join us on the podcast today, but um, for for a very good reason. Um, and so I always I always enjoyed Dan's writing, and I always comment on his articles. And I think he noticed that, you know, I would always comment on his articles. And so he offered me at one point, hey, you know, would you like to, to just contribute to the site? Um, and I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I, I follow the, the team enough and I follow, in, in particular, I followed, you know, college football and the draft. I was always interested in, in college football and the draft because um, I, I like the, the concept of team building. You know, I'm I'm one of those nerds who will go on, you know, over the cap and play around with with uh, you know capology and stuff, and and you know obviously do a lot of mock drafts and everything. Um, and so I was always interested in that, and then started contributing a little bit for the site for that, um, and then um, it became more of a more of a regular thing. And I've been doing it for I don't know, let's see, the next the last uh, five or six years. Um, so I would I would. 
to answer your question, I was recruited um, heavily by Dan Lavoy. Very cool. Very cool. You were scouted by Dan. You didn't even know it. Yeah, I was like a fifth round. I was a fifth rounder guy. That's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) But you had like upside, right? Like you were, you had like a relative athletic score that was like, you just, you just didn't have the reps yet. Right. At the, at the, at the, at the next level. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was, I was, I'm I'm basically Trevor Penning is what I am from a small school guy. (laughs) Cool. Why, why can't I, there we go. How about seven rounds? Does that, does that sound good? Yep. Or do you want to change it to like four or five, seven? Oh, no, I know, I know what I'm doing. All right. <laughs> oh, you know, okay, of course, of course. Of course. So here we're just watching the picks go off the board. You know, we're, this isn't, we're not doing any trades or anything like that. Um, I, I listened to like Dean Brugler, him talking about doing like mock drafts and completely changing you know, because he got one piece of information while he was doing his fourth round of his mock draft. And then he had to go back and change every subsequent pick back into like the end of the first round. I'm like, that sounds, that sounds awful. (laughs) That sounds terrible. But um, we're going to keep it simple for, for what's going on right now. So obviously, you know, first pick of the Buffalo Bills in the first round is uh, the 25th pick. I'm I'm showing you uh, players that have gone off the board already just just right before the Buffalo Bills, um, you mentioned Jameson Williams, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Um, Chris Olave, uh, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Um, I don't know your thoughts on Tyler Linderbaum, if you would have chose him, the um, interior offensive lineman out of Iowa. Um, but yeah, so this is this is what this is what our board looks like um, as of right now. You have Andrew Booth, cornerback out of Clemson. Um, Trent McDuffie, cornerback out of Washington. Now this is just uh, the draft net. Network's predictive board. Um, you have a, a linebacker, Devin Lloyd, out of Utah. Uh, Kenyon Green, um, interior offensive lineman out of Texas A&M. Uh, do you want me to keep scrolling down? Oh, no, that's okay. Um, I do think this is this is a scenario that is somewhat likely to occur. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I envision Trent Duffy, for example. I think Trent Duffy would be my pick here, by the way. Um, I, I wouldn't envision mm-hmm. him dropping uh, potentially this much in the draft, but... You know, some options to talk about here would be, you know, going Devin Lloyd at linebacker. Um, you know, can the, can the team afford to pay Tremaine Edmonds um, next season? Um, or can they afford to pay, um, you know, Tremaine, can they keep affording to pay, uh, you know, Matt Milano going in, going in for another three or three seasons? That's, that's definitely an open question. Um, and so I think linebacker is definitely a possibility. And Devin Lloyd is, you know, for a lot, lots of different reasons, he's, he's a great option. He's, his pass rushing and blitzing ability is also uniquely strong. Um, so he, he's definitely something I would think about. Um, Jahan Dotson uh, from Penn State is on the board right there. Um, very much a deep threat. Not, an, not necessarily an agility guy, um, but he's definitely someone who could give the team a, a strong, deep, uh, deep threat and you know is great at tracking the ball plays bigger than his size um which i which i enjoy but you know with i think with trent mcduffie on the board he stands out as as my number one option there and he's he could easily slide in and be the team's second second cornerback there trent mcduffie the cornerback out of washington is your pick now you're talking about devin lloyd the the linebacker out of utah and you mentioned kind of, you know, we, we're not sure where we stand with Tremaine Edmonds. Um, you're not sure if you want to pay Matt Milano the amount of money that you do. Uh, is this a guy that could potentially be both middle linebacker and outside linebacker, or is he penciled into more of a Matt Milano like role? Uh, he he's more of a middle linebacker. He would he 
would be a great fit for being what the you know what the team asked of Tremaine Ed- Edmonds is you know be he, he d- isn't necessarily great at taking on blocks directly either. But you know if you can keep him clean, he's going to make a ton of tackles um, from the middle linebacker spot. In coverage, you know he's he's pretty good in coverage. He's a pretty good blitzer. He can do a lot of the same things that that Tremaine Edmonds does. Um, although he's he's just a little bit a little bit smaller. He's not. He's not as well tested in coverage, I would say. Um, so you know, he's uh, Utah didn't you know line him up in, on a slot receiver and run man coverage, for example. Um, so he's he's a little bit less well tested in coverage, but um, you know he well, I think he would slide in and, and start for the team in middle linebacker, and you'd be fine with that. So Trent McDuffie is the pick for the first round. So we have our corner. Bills Mafia breathes a sigh of relief uh, for that. Was, would it would it have been close if uh, if if he wasn't there? Would you have potentially gone uh, Booth for that for that pick at corner, or uh, or would you pick some? Were you thinking maybe like like we were talking uh, Devin Lloyd or something? Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be much more. It would be much more of a decision. I probably still think about Booth. Absolutely, I think. Where he brings it is is the physicality in his tackling. Um, you know he he's when compared to someone like Levi Wallace, he's going to come down and bring the heat um, in terms of you know if a wide receiver catches a screen pass or or you know you need to hold the edge against a against a running back that bounces out outside. You know he that's that's immediately where he would be an upgrade for the team is just it's you know run defense like tackling ability um, compared to the corners that we we seem to have had the past few years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we're at pick number 57, the Bills' second round pick. Um, just to, excuse me, name a few uh, of the top names on uh, the Draft Network's predictive board. Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State, which we mentioned earlier. Uh, Christian Harris, the linebacker out of Alabama. Kenneth Walker, the third uh, running back out of Michigan State, which I've seen mocked to the Bills as well. Uh, Sam Howell, well, we won't go quarterback. We'll, we'll just assume that that's not. Travis Jones, the interior defensive lineman out of UConn. Um, Isaiah Spiller, the running back out of Texas A&M. Um, do you want me to look at any position in general? Uh, let's take a look at edge. Any edge guys? Edge, okay. All right, let's see. First one we have is Josh Pascal out of uh, Kentucky. Kingsley N- Enigbear out of South Carolina. You mentioned before we recorded that you might butcher some of these names. I'm absolutely butchering some of these names, so you don't have to worry. I'll do. I'll butcher as many as possible before you get a chance to. Uh, Drake Jackson out of USC. Then we kind of started getting into the lower, some higher numbers. Do you like any of those edges? Uh, I do actually like Josh Pascal's uh, fit um, for the team, but um, looking at the other options that were on the original board, I think I'm going to have to go with with Brees Hall in the second round here. Just he stands he stands out. Um, you know, like I said, you know the there's no reason to I, do. I think he lasts until the end of the second round, not necessarily, but if he did, I would say jump on it. You know, his physical talent. Um, is, you know, massive. He doesn't show it all the time. Um, but, you know, if, if the team is looking for a, a back that can do it all, that can receive the ball, you know, works well in his own scheme, Brees Hall has to be the option there. And you finally get that, that long-term so, guy. 
So can I ask you, I mean, what what is the biggest difference that you see with Brees Hall over Devin Singletary and Zach Moss? I mean, Zach Moss kind of fell out of favor with the Bills uh, coaching staff, but I mean, other Dev, Devin Singletary, I mean, is it speed? Does he just have, because Devin Singletary, I mean, I, I I guess a lot of people are counting him out. I, I still think he's a, a good back. I just don't think he's, you know, Jonathan Taylor good, which isn't a knock on him necessarily, but he doesn't have speed, but he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Sure. Has he had some fumbling issues? Sure. But I mean, where, where do you see Brees Hall just, uh, is it pass protection? I mean, where do you see him just being a, a big upgrade over, over Dev, Devin Singletary? Yeah, I think it's, it's the elite deep speed. It's, it's the ability to take a run. And if De- Devin Singletary is going to get you know, 10 yards out of, out of a particular run, Brees Hall might be able to get 30 yards out of it because once you hit Mm -hmm. the second and third levels, it's all about, it's all about breakaway speed. You know, any, uh, offensive line is going to be able to get you, you know, five yards or six yards every once in a while, as long as you follow your blocks and you, you know, you have good vision, but it's, it's that, it's that talent to take a five yard run and turn it into 15 yards or turn it into 20 yards and suddenly you're getting chunks of yardage down the field um, that that you want to see in, in terms of you know a complete running back, and then and then receiving ability. You know Devin Singletary is a great you know a pretty good receiving back I would say, um, but again that speed that that long speed gives you that elite ability to you know against the linebacker to run a wheel route, beat the linebacker, make it an easier pass for Josh, and then turn that wheel route into thirty yards. Whereas Devin, Singl- Devin Singletary might get caught by a faster linebacker or be covered up by a fast, faster linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that I was just going to ask you about the wheel route thing. Uh, that makes complete sense, and and makes sense that why they keep trying to find those guys, you know, in free agency, whether it's T.J. Yeldon or Matt Breida or now you know J.D. McKissick or um, you know Duke Johnson. Yeah, that's why they, they because they clearly don't feel like they have that. Um, with Devin Singletary. That makes a lot of sense. So now we're at the third round, the 89th overall pick. Um, th- the top names on the board, probably not going to go for uh, Kenneth Walker, the running back out of Michigan State, obviously. He's still up there. Real quick, like, would you have considered, if if you, if you we didn't go running back um, in, the, in the second round and you could get a chance to get another position, maybe a linebacker or something in the second round, and get Kenneth Walker the third, the running back out of Michigan, Michigan State in the third, round would you consider that a win him falling would, this far i would consider that a win 100 percent. you know i think in terms of the his his feet and his vision are very strong um he's he doesn't have a great history of catching the ball and so you know you have to kind of judge what is the what does the team want in in their in their running back and i think what they are looking for is more of a third down back you know more of a, a third down back that can that can you know do better than just take screen passes for example you know that can actually be a threat you know, from the slot or something against, against linebackers or against safeties. So, um, but I, you know, in the third round, I would, I would consider that a win. And I think, you know, he definitely has, um, you know, starting running back traits. So he, if I hadn't taken a running back in the second round with, with Brees Hall, I would have considered him here. Um, but I see that Mm -hmm. there's some, we haven't talked about tight end too much and there are some very, uh, very interesting tight ends and, uh, that seemed to be on the board with Trey McBride and Kate Otten and Jeremy Ruckert and Greg Dulcich, um, who uh, might be a little bit of a draft crush for me. Um, we haven't talked about tight end too much today, but uh, I think it is an option that the team could end up pursuing um, just on how the, how the board falls. Um, 
what does what does the team look for in its tight ends? You know, I think they're they're looking more for um, those that can actually block and receive. You know, that can do both things equally well. Um, so a guy like Trey McBride or Dulcich might be it might be a bit of a pipe dream because they're much they're much more uh, receiving tight ends. But Jeremy Rucker um, on the board right now stands out to me as being the the exact Bills type of um, the type of tight end that the Bills want to see, which is someone that you know blocks their heart out, is used to it, and can can receive the ball as well, um, and has you know pretty pretty strong athletic talent for a tight end. Um, so he's sticking out to me as as definitely an option here with with a third round selection. Do you want me to scroll down anymore? Or are you good with Jeremy Ruckert? Uh, keep scrolling a little bit. Yep. Yep. Cole Strange um, out of Chattanooga is, you know, if we were looking for an interior center type guard prospect, um, that would definitely be an option. Oh, and here, and uh, I see Matt uh, Ariza is on the board at punter, which, um, you know, I think, I think the third round is a little bit too, that's a little bit too strong for, for a punter. Um, but, Let's you know he's a weapon, man. He he's like the Josh Allen of punters. His his leg is is massive. You know he has highlights of of you know eighty yard punts um, and doing touchbacks from his own you know his own end zone. Um, so you know he is he is very uh, very appealing from the punter position. But you know third round might be a little too uh, a little too early for him there. Uh, Cam Jurgens actually is a. Uh, is an interesting selection as well. Um, very athletic from from the interior position. You know, can play center or guard, and just you know has a lot of agility there. Um, great fit for his own blocking scheme, I would think. Um, Kyle Phillips also, which, which like you were you when you're mentioning interior offensive linemen like that, it's it's almost a given that the Bills, especially this early in the third round, they're probably not going to draft someone that's guard only, correct? Like this is whoever they get is going to have to be like a guard center potential flex sort of fit for the Buffalo Bills, right? Like someone that could potentially take over Mitch Morris or someone, you know, that could that could that could come in in a pinch if if either guard goes down. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. I think I think early on you're going to want someone that that offers a little bit more flexibility, um, and so you know uh, it's it's and similar to cornerback, the team doesn't really put a lot of emphasis on investing in the inter- on, in the interior offensive line, or at least haven't historically. Um, so yeah, definitely agree with you there. Um, Kyle Phillips also stands out as as a wide receiver option there. Um, hmm. I would go, go back up. I would have to say Kyle Phillips as a long term Cole Beasley replacement. I I would uh, I would I would go with that out there. Of, out of UCLA. Kyle Phillips, a wide receiver out of UCLA. 511, 189 pounds. Slots slot receiver, long term slot receiver. Yeah, he you know, what we had talked right. about before of like deep speed, you know, I don't think he has that. I don't think he offers that. But in, in terms of Cole Beasley level skill set, that's that's what you would get with maybe a little bit more, you know, a little bit more of an upgrade there. Um, he's also a little bit bigger. He can offer some some physicality as well. Um, but that's uh, that's the direction I would go with the third round pick. You know what's funny is we were talking about wide receiver earlier, and the Buffalo Bills have uh, two prospects which 
we kind of forget about just because of injuries, but uh, Marcus Stevenson and Isaiah Hodgins. I mean, I, f- I feel like Isaiah Hodgins has been the training camp darling the last two seasons, but really hasn't shown up in any meaningful capacity due to injury. Do you think that this is the season that we start to see him? Or, I mean, no matter what, you still have to draft a guy because you just don't know what you have in him yet. He's not a Gabriel Davis where you can depend on him yet, you know, and he, and he is a six round pick. It's not like you're talking about a guy that was, you know, that we have a lot of draft capital spent in. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that changes your, your decision-making ability in the draft whatsoever. Um, You know, a six round guy that, Mm -hmm. that hasn't, you know, been on the field at all. I don't, I don't think that affects you there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're 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 looking at the fourth round. So you're, so you're, Yep. Uh, I see that. I see that. Uh, Matt Ariza is still on the board. Um, man, I'm taking him. I think that's tough I, to pass I, off, right? Your your best, the best punter on the board. We haven't had a we haven't had a weapon at punter since uh, um, you know since what 2000. Um, when did Brian Mormon retire? 2010, something like that. Um, <laughs> a little bit earlier. Feels like it was 30 years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so I, 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 I say you take him, go for it. Uh, have a weapon at punter would be, you know, for, for a team like this that doesn't have a lot of needs, I think it would be, you know, in some ways it would be kind of, kind of game changing a little bit. Yeah. You know, when we go over our weekly needs on the podcast, I mean, punter, we, it's always like a top three or so pick, but we're like, well, we can't take one, you know, that early. It can't be a first round pick. So it kind of gets knocked down just based on, you know, the fact that it's a punter, but man, if you could get a stud punter, I don't care if it's a fourth round, like that's a win to me because you've seen it when we haven't had, you know, uh, exceptional punting and how it can affect the game and how it's affected the bills negatively in certain games or, or how it could have affected very close games, even worse had, had the punting gone wrong. You know what I mean? So right now, the first four picks we have are Trent McDuffie cornerback out of Washington, Brees Hall running back out of Iowa state, Kyle Phillips, wide receiver out of UCLA, our slot wide receiver. And then Matt Ariza, Ariza uh, punter out of San Diego state. So really potentially we have, uh, we potentially have, three starters, maybe four if Kyle Phillips can crack over Jameson uh, Crowder. Uh, But either way, we have about three potential starters there. So we are looking at the fifth round pick. Um, We have a running back at the top, probably not going to take a running back. Uh, Interior offensive lineman, uh, Lasidus Smith uh, out of Virginia Tech. Luke Fortner out of Kentucky. Uh, Would you even double up at wide receiver at this point, or is it kind of too early since you just picked Kyle Phillips to do it again. I mean, the Bills did pick back-to-back uh, defensive ends and offensive tackles last year, so it's I guess nothing's off the board. Uh, yeah, nothing's off the board, and I would I would think about doubling up on wide receiver because, you know, the, Bo Melton, who was on the board here, has, you know, he he's an athletic guy, very, very athletic, and he can offer some uh, some deep threat skills that, um, are, you know, our, our other selection, Kyle Phillips, can't. Um, so, you know, he's definitely a consideration here. Um, Lasita Smith, who you mentioned, um, is an option as well at guard. Do I think he has center ability? Not necessarily. Um, but he's a very, you know, uh, larger physical uh, guard. Do I think he's the best fit for what the what the team wants to do at guard? Um, not necessarily. Um, Luke Fortner, you know, was a, would, would also be kind of the same kind of the same bag there. Um, uh, can you scroll down a little bit more? Yeah. Taylor Munford. 
I would say I, I would say go Bo Melton here. Right. Out of out of those selections, that that gives you uh, a guy who you know his skill set is. He, I think he would play from the slot. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna be a Z receiver um, or an X receiver, I should say. But you know, he's a guy that can give you uh, some deep threat ability there. Which is something that Kyle Phillips did not have, correct? No, Kyle Phillips is much more of a it's kind of a more physical Cole Beasley, to be honest. And mm-hmm. you know, good good in the red zone. Um, good at third down, but you know he's not gonna he's not gonna blow by any any safeties. All right, now we're back into round six. So here you have corner again. There's there's four corners right now leading the uh, the top of the board right here. We have linebacker, we have edge, offensive tackle, interior offensive lineman, which we have not taken an interior offensive lineman yet. We have, uh, but we have taken corner. I mean, we haven't taken an edge prospect. I mean, where where is your mind going? Probably not going to take a, what, another wide receiver because we did double up on that. Um, but mm, Mike Rose, I mean, yeah. th- potentially tight end. Is that who you saw down there? Sorry. Uh, yeah, um, Mike Rose linebacker. I see that. Yep, uh, and he is, you know, he's a little bit older, so that doesn't necessarily appeal to me, but. He's he. I think he would be a strong fit for a middle linebacker role, and maybe he's a guy that you know, kind of a developmental guy that you would draft here and and hope that he can become Tremaine Edmonds' successor, or you know, at the very least, a long term backup if you end up keeping Edmonds. Um, I think that's that's definitely a strong consideration there. Um, you could always double up on corner. Um, ooh, Daniel Bellinger um, is is also on the board that I can see he. Very, very athletic. Um, you know, doesn't give you a lot in the in the blocking game, but very, you know, in this round, what you're looking for is is guys that can be developmental options. So guys that have all the athleticism in the world, but just need a little bit of coaching. So, um, you know, he, I I might select Bellinger. You know, he he's another San Diego State guy that just like is a supreme athlete, and you can really mold him into something that you know, something like the team's long-term answer at number two tight end, you know, because obviously OJ Howard is just on a, on a short-term deal. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So are you liking Daniel Bellinger, the tight end out of San Diego state? Yes. All right. All right. So we have a tight end. We have a tight end prospect. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, besides OJ Howard, I mean, are they going to keep Tommy Sweeney after this? Probably not. Uh, you know, and he is a seventh round pick, so you don't necessarily expect something out of a, out of a low draft pick like that, but he's stuck on the roster uh, for this many years. So uh, it'd be nice to have someone waiting in the wings and, and, and taking up that. So I'm, I'm excited about that pick. Uh, now we're into round six, our other pick in the sixth round. Uh, here, let me scroll up to the top. I'm probably not going to go running back just because right now the bills have four running backs in the roster. Uh, could you see them doubling up at cornerback here with Isaac, uh, Taylor Stewart out of uh, USC. What are you feeling? Yeah, Kalen Barnes pops out um, as a very, like, very, very fast, athletic um, cornerback. You know, just exactly the type of guy you want to take in the late rounds. Um, Malcolm Rodriguez down there at linebacker. Um, I like. Um, he, you know, he's a little bit smaller, but he's 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 a guy that. Um, you know, has, has a lot of experience playing in the bat in at linebacker at Oklahoma state. And, um, is he the necessarily the bills, um, template at linebacker? Maybe not, but 
he could he, I think he could be a solid fit as a backup for Matt Milano. Um mm-hmm. yeah, Micah McFadden. We haven't really looked at safety a lot either thus far, right? Yeah, that just the way the board is Yeah, just the way the board has fallen. Uh we haven't had we haven't had an had a, an ability to grab a safety at all, mm-hmm. but that's uh, and that's unfortunate. Or interior offensive line, but it doesn't look like that's there's too many mm-hmm. options here. Um yeah, I would I would probably go with uh, Malcolm Rodriguez as you know a, a guy who you know maybe he's not the ideal athletic prospect or doesn't have the greatest size, but he can pl- probably fit into both linebacker spots and just kind of be be a be a backup there and and a really good special teamer. Mm-hmm. Well, at the at this point, and he's the linebacker out of uh, Oklahoma State. There. They're, at this point, I mean, the Bills don't really have any depth. I mean, they have Tyrell Dotson, but it's just unproven depth. You know what I mean? Like Tyler Matikiewicz, like we're just, there's just not a lot, you know, behind uh, those two players. And uh, it'd be nice to have valuable depth just in case one of them did go down. Not only long-term, like you mentioned, but just the ability for the Bills to to have a player if, you know, uh, that had some skills. I mean, we we just don't know where Tyrell Dodson is. I guess we, we're hoping, but again, just nothing proven yet. Um, so now we're in the seventh round. Uh, we've taken a corner, a running back, a wide receiver, a punter, uh, another wide receiver, a tight end, and a linebacker. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of things. That, there's a lot of options still. It's funny after seven picks, there's still a lot of things you could take. Another corner, I'm sure. Um, you could take uh, maybe an edge prospect or a safety prospect or an interior offensive line prospect. Is there anything, or, or even a, a defensive tackle at this point? I mean, is there anything that's that stood out to you? Uh, yeah, just looking through the looking through the list. Um, I think Michael Wright, who Smoke Monday, um, who we should just take for his name alone. I mean, it's safety out of Auburn. Um, <laughs> would would not hate that, but um, yeah, Michael uh, Michael Wright out of Oregon offers a, that's, that's an intriguing selection. You know, he can play slot and outside. He's a little bit smaller, but um, in terms of like pure coverage skills, um, you know, I think he, he offers some inside out ability there. Um, So that's intriguing, you know, um, because think about, you know, our depth at corner, we have, like we said, we have Dane Jackson and and a bunch of unproven guys. So I, in terms of positions you want to double up on and you, or you could see the team doubling up on, I think corner is an option there. Um yeah, I would I would go with with uh with right there. All right. Very good. Very good. So just to give um everyone a summary of this draft, uh, which was really cool and informational. It was uh started off in the first round with Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington. And the second round went Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State. Third round went Kyle Phillips, the wide receiver out of UCLA. Uh, the fourth round, Matt Areza, punter out of San Diego State, our franchise punter right there in the fourth round. Uh, in the fifth round, we went uh, Bo Melton. Uh, Bo Melton, the wide receiver out of Rutgers. Sorry, the screen just changed on me. Um, in the fifth round or sixth round, we went uh, Daniel Bellinger, the tight end out of San Diego State. Uh, and the other sixth round pick, the Bills went Malcolm Rodriguez. Rodriguez, the linebacker out of Oklahoma State. And then in the seventh round pick, uh, Mikhail Wright, uh, cornerback out of Oregon. So, wow, very cool. Very cool. I mean, obviously you picked every one of those picks and you liked it. Is there uh, 
is there anything, any thoughts that you have now in, in going through that now that you've seen all those picks? I mean, was that easier than you thought or harder than you thought or, or what did you like, did you like how it turned out? Uh, if I was, if we somehow got out of the draft with um, Brees Hall and Trent McDuffie um, in the first two rounds, I would be doing backflips. Um, so that would, that immediately, you know, would, would set me off and I'd start, I, I would be very, very excited. Um, and then, um, definitely in the middle, in, in the middle rounds of, uh, picking Daniel Bellinger, you know, on um, Bo Melton, those are two guys that have, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of ability to, uh, you know, to not just, not just stick on the bottom of the depth chart, but really develop into something that could contribute, um, and maybe even Bo Melton, maybe even contribute in, in his first year as kind of a deep threat. So yeah, I would, uh, and I obviously, like you said, I did pick the, I did pick the draft, but I would be ecstatic with those, you know, with the, those handfuls of, of options there. <laughs> awesome. An A plus right here from, uh, from Griff on his own draft. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, thank you again so much for coming on and taking the time to do this, um, as we did last year and the year before that. Um, do you, as far as I know, all of your work is on buffalorollings.com, but you, do you, are you also on Twitter, Griff? I am on Twitter. I, I, I'm looking for more Twitter followers too. I'm, I'm uh, at Griff, at a Griff 426. Um, so you can follow me on there. Um, I pretty much exclusively um, use Twitter for draft content. Um, so you can always see me on there. And, and like I said, I'm always looking for followers. If you want to um, hear any of my thoughts on, on certain prospects or if I'm watching a college football game or something, given my thoughts as, as it relates to the bill specifically. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Great. Well, we'll send all, all the followers to you through the site and through um, when this podcast episode, uh, when both of these episodes come out. So I appreciate you coming on and uh, would love to have you on to talk, uh, talk draft and see, uh, see how close uh, Brandon Bean gets his board to, to Griff's board overall and see how, how close he can match it and, and get it right from here on out. So uh, if, if you're available, would love to have you. I'm just going to put you on the spot right now, Griff. Uh, to have you come out and talk. No, sure. I'll, I, I would be glad to. I, I always have fun being on here on here with you, Nate. So I would I would love to do it. All right, you're the man as always. Thank you very much, Griff, for coming on and and taking the time to to go over all the the general uh, the draft from a broad standpoint, from a specific standpoint, from a bill standpoint. Uh, and it, this was this was a ton of fun as always. One of my favorite conversations to do each season. Um, I I feel like I learned so much from it, and I feel like though know, the feedback I always get uh, from Bills fans is is they get a lot out of it too. So thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you after the draft. All right, great. See you in a couple of weeks, Nate.
Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>